I'm delighted to welcome today Johan Callahan from Ireland, who is the Sleep Success Coach. Welcome back, Johan. Hi, Elaine. Great to be back for part two. <laughs> so before we were talking a lot about sleep and um, a lot of kind of generalizations, but specifically today we're going to be talking about EMFs and how they affect sleep. So over to you. Yeah, so it's a really interesting area and it's something that a lot of people are not aware of. And, you know, it can, this whole EMF, it's it's a radiation, it's a toxin. And, you know, these days we're watching toxins in our environment. We're watching, you know, food labels, what we eat, how much we exercise, you know, to eliminate and all this. And EMF is a toxin in and of itself. But what the problem is, it's invisible. So a lot of people can't see it. And a lot of people aren't aware um, that this could be impacting their health because like all diseases, they all start off with small uh, issues, small changes, dysfunction in the cells, uh, which not exactly is a disease at this point, but it could take 10 years for diseases to develop as we know. Um, so you may not necessarily have symptoms, but you may have uh, effects like headaches and um, some people are very sensitive to EMF. Um, so we're gonna talk all about that, but. Uh, but really in relation to sleep as well as a sleep expert, um, radiation can impact us on how well we sleep at nighttime um, and uh, during the nighttime as well. So we do so much healing repairing at nighttime that it can actually suppress all of this, but there's a lot to be said about it. So, um, you know, the what we spoke on the last conversation, Elaine, we spoke about people bringing their phones to bed with them at nighttime, which a lot of people do. And a lot of people are not aware of the impact. So there's there's a couple of things. So the first thing is the blue light. Many people may have heard of just to summarize it again, the blue light actually blocks melatonin and it's these short um the, the blue light, the I think it's 420 um the, the measurement of frequency, the light frequency that actually blocks um the, the melatonin. Basically you're telling your brain that it's daytime. So it's this blue light is mimicking daytime or sunshine. So this is why it blocks your melatonin, which is our sleep hormone. We need that to have us get asleep at nighttime, but also to help us transition through all the different stages during the nighttime as well. So that's the first thing is the blue light with the mobile phones. And then secondly, um, it's a stimulant. It keeps us addicted to our phones. This is why we cannot put our phones down. It creates the, the dopamine, which is like the seek and reward neurotransmitter, which keeps us scrolling through our phone. And we say we'll only check this for five minutes and a half an hour later, we're still on our phones. So that's the dopamine. It's an excitement neurotransmitter. And this is what keeps us addicted to our phones. So that's the second thing. And then the other thing then is um, with the with the EMF from, from, the, from the mobile phones. So EMF, it's a radiation, it's a type of radiation. And literally this radiation can um, go right down into the body, right down into the cells and it actually suppresses melatonin as well, right down to the, the cellular level. It can affect the mitochondria, which is the energy centers of all our cells. So, um, so, th so they're the main areas. Elaine, where do you want me to go to from, from there? There's a lot that we can expand out on. <laughs> okay, as, as you were saying that, in my mind, I was conjuring up a picture of um, how I see so many people walking around with their mobile phones. Um, there's a lot of education, I think, that's needed around how we should be using the phones, you know, even the daytime. And obviously, as we're, we're using it more and more towards the evening, that's obviously going to have an impact on our sleep. Um, but it, the way people hold their phones, I've seen women stuff them in their bra, you know, men keeping them in their pockets. 
And there's an ever-increasing research uh, pool now that's showing that things like prostate cancer, testicular cancers are coming yeah. up because you know blokes are keeping their phones in their their pockets. Breast cancers, um, yeah, you know, all kinds of things that are cropping up. It's not coincidence, is it? Yeah, you're, you're completely right. And young, what, what really, you know, gets to me is the young teenage girls and the young teenage boys and they're carrying them and I see them carrying them in the waist of their trousers in the front and the back. And this is where all the reproductive organs is. Oh, my God. And um, like they wouldn't necessarily have their phones even on flight mode. They'd be full Wi-Fi, everything on the phone. And it's transmitting like you've got your GPS. There's loads of different signals that's coming from the phone um, and all these signals it's going through, it's penetrating the body continuously. There was a report on um, that in, in, the, in America, um, the average adult is exposed to EMF for 10 plus, 10 plus hours every single day. And that's incredible. And we have, when you think, when you look back in time, the internet only came about in the last number of years and it's after evolving so fast. Um, and it's great in one sense, but it's after evolving so fast that our brains can't, we are very adaptive creatures, but this has evolved so fast we can't adapt to it. It's just happening way too fast. And the other thing that you mentioned as well, you know, you see, you, you had a picture in your head of everyone with the mobile phones. If you go to restaurants and what have you, it's really impacting on our social life as well, uh, big time. Um, you know, you go to a restaurant, <laughs> that's not even funny, but you'll see like, most of the people in the family or whoever you're going out to dinner with they're on their mobile phone they're checking something or they might have it down on the table that's just as bad Simon Sinek has a very very good video out about mobile phones technology and he basically says even in the meeting room or at family gatherings even if you have your mobile phone face down it's not good enough you're still basically saying there's a subconscious message uh, been delivered even to your kids that you are not important. This is more important because I'm on alert if this thing bings or whatever or makes a noise, I'll pick it up, you know. And this is kind of the message that we're sending out to people. So it's having a very big social impact, even down to families and children and how we interact with each other. So it's massive and technology is great. It does amazing things for us. But I think um, we need to control technology rather than have it control us. Um, and that's how I feel. It's just evolving so fast. We really need to be responsible, but I think we really need to be aware of the effects of technology. Technology, we're told, um, and mobile phones, we're told, is safe, um, and uh, but it's not the safe. There's no safety guide, there's no safety or testing done um, or regulations, um, current ones that um, can show us um, if if these mobile devices are safe. And actually, in the hand manual or in the safety section of your mobile phone. What it does say is don't have the phone in one inch of your head, but not, not most people do not know that. They're not aware of that. Um, it heats, if you're on the phone for like 20 minutes, the phone heats up and you can feel the heat on your on your ear. And this is all, um, and they've shown it on, on MRI scans that the whole brain heating up and it having an impact. And tumors, there's, there's been many, there's over 2000 studies showing, um, you know, cancer, uh, the cancer links with all this EMF and other diseases as well. Um, so it's just, it's, it's quite phenomenal. And I really think there's a big urgency for people to be aware of the EMF effects from mobile phones, but, but it's the accumulation. We have electronic devices all over our homes. Nowadays, in the last 
30 years or so, you have multiple laptops in, in a home, you've multiple mobile devices, you've smart TVs, we've smart meters now in our in our homes. Um, I actually contacted our uh, electricity supply uh, company and told them I do not want a smart meter. And a couple of months later, um, I found out that all the houses have been fit with the smart meters. Um, and the smart meter basically allows the company to read your meter readings without them having to call out every other month to take a, a manual meter reading, which makes sense. But these smart meters emit a lot of radiation into your home. And not only like it's your neighbors as well that you're getting. It's, it's just phenomenal. And we've 5G coming in now, Elaine, which is even worse. Um, and it's, it's 10 times more powerful than, you know, our, like there's all the different generations. This is 5G, the fifth generation of this technology now. So there's a lot, there's a lot in it, Elaine. And I really think people need to wake up and be aware and, and use it responsibly. And there is ways that we can mitigate, we can lower the levels of our exposure. We will not entirely eliminate EMF toxins, the same way we will not entirely eliminate other toxins in our environment, but it is crucial that we are aware of what we can do to reduce them. So leading on from that then, what can we do? All this doom and gloom and the 5G as you say is, is, is horrendous and there are studies proving that 5G is detrimental. There's an awful lot of illnesses that have been caused uh, in areas around where they erected the towers. Um, all over the world. Um, obviously, we're, we're, I'm connected with, with the UK and there's many, many studies, but um, unfortunately, not enough people are standing up and saying no and um, they're, they're getting away with it. So um, yeah. before we go on to what we can do, um, I want to ask you about wearables. So a lot of people are wearing these things. Um, we're saying at night, switch your mobile off or put it at least put it on um, airplane mode, switch your router off in the house. Yeah, uh, and especially if you have a mobile one that you, you carry around with you. But how, how do the wearables affect sleep? Because they're a form of magnetic frequency, aren't they? Or, or Are you talking they? about the um, like headphones and stuff like and that? People, people go to, to bed wearing headphones and oh, I can't sleep. I'm going to meditate and, you know, with headphones. I don't like wearing these phones, but I've, I, my computer's broken, so I've got no choice. I'm using an external speaker. Yeah, yeah. I don't like yeah. wearing these. I very rarely wear these only when I'm doing podcasts. Um, but the, you know the, the the wrist the watches that's things like the Apple Watch and and those you know checking your blood pressure and your this and your that and everything else. Um, yeah. And and we read and sleep and so on and people are saying how wonderful they are but I'm not so sure. What what's your view? Well, my I don't like them for a couple of reasons. Um, I think you know I think as a one-off. Um, I think it's very important to measure our you know our levels in general like and this this goes to like our blood work as well i think it's really important that we understand our measures right that we we know where we are with our hormones with our cortisol levels with our heart rate all that kind of stuff right um however the the wearables some of them yes they do emit emf um and the other the, the main reason i don't like them elaine is because People get addicted to using these devices. I think it's okay to do it as, you know, if you're having concerns and you want to find out, you know, if you have a glass of wine, where how is this affecting you? Um, you know, is it affecting your deep sleep? Um, and your which it does, by the way. Um, and a lot of people aren't aware, it depends on how much you drink, and everyone's has different levels. But um, I think 
people can get very addicted to these devices. It's okay to do it as a once-off to get a general reading to get to understand what the, the trend is for you. Um, but I think people are using them 24 seven, 365 days of the year. And I think that's too much. People are getting addicted to it now. And now there's an anxiety around, oh, what's my score? Um, so I think for that reason, I, I don't particularly like them. Um, I, it is okay to do it as a once off, just you know, do it maybe a seven day kind of thing just to, to get a trend. Um, but I think there's a novelty about this and you know, the best device and now there's new devices coming out all the time. And I think just people are just too addicted to them. And then yes, there is that EMF element as well. So I personally don't use them. I don't really like using them. And then in relation to um, meditations that people are doing at night time, so they might go to bed with their phone. Um, so you can download your, um, your, your meditation or whatever and have it offline. So that's not, um, you're not like on YouTube or whatever. So you can download it locally and have it locally on your phone and use it that way. Now, the other thing is with headphones. So obviously you're going to use a headphone. You might have a, a partner in your bed at nighttime. You don't want to disturb them. The EMF can actually travel up through the wires and into your head as well. There are headphones that uh, eliminate, they're, they're hollow and they can actually eliminate. So there is special headphones that you can, I forget what they're called now, but there is special headphones that um, reduce the EMF that travel up the wires into your head. A lot of people are not aware of that either as well. So that's another thing too. Um, so yeah, so there's a couple of things that you can do there. Obviously the, the router. Another thing is um, light, the light in your room. So the, um, this, the, there's some light bulbs that emit a lot of EMF as well. And even if we turn our lights off, there's still um, electricity going up into the wire so a lot of people would have a lamp beside their bed, for example. So the electricity will still be going up through the wire and that will still have effects as well. So it's best to plug. Now, not everyone's going to do this, but I'm just saying this so that people are aware is to lock it off from the main switches to actually lock it or unplug it from the wall altogether because electricity does run through the wires up to your lamp, which more than likely your lamp is right beside your, your bed on your locker. So that's another one as well. Um, we do have the magnetic fields. So we have the electricity running through the wire and when it's on, when your light is on and the electricity, the current is active, this is then what emits the magnetic field on top of that. Um, so there is, this is what EMF is, electromagnetic field, it's the two of them together. So yeah, so when your light is turned off, it's just the electricity, but still that can still have an impact. So um, yeah, so I hope that answers so basically turn, turn your phones off at night, um, don't have wearables on um, mm. on a regular basis, T take the plug out of your lamp. Um, what you were saying about the electricity still coming through um, rings true to me because I sleep on a grounding sheet. So yeah. I'm my main sheet on the bed, I have a grounding sheet and that's plugged in, but it's not switched on. Um, so it's connected to the earthing system of the house. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it does have electricity but it's it's positive uh, way yeah it's, it's earthing uh, the bed that I'm sleeping on so while I'm sleeping um like a log um I've got uh, it's helping my body to heal because we heal don't we when we sleep yeah that's a really good point those earthen sheets they're like they're silver treads that run through the the, the fabric the sheets and um and, and another way um is the rod there's a rod that you can literally so obviously if you're a two-story building if your bedroom's upstairs 
and mightn't work. But if you're in a bungalow maybe and you felt safe, you can actually put a rod out and insert it into the ground. That's another thing I've seen as well, but it's more, um, it works better to actually have it plugged in. So, because we do have the earthing system in all the, the electricity system in our houses. So that is a really good way. And it's really important to, to ground ourselves, Elaine, because, um, you know, when you think about thousands of years ago, we used to, even a hundred years ago, you know, we, we um, used to walk around in our bare feet a lot more than we do now. And Nike brought in the, the rubber soles on, on the runners and that uh, stops the, um, the, the Earth's energy coming up into our bodies. And we absolutely need the Earth's energy because this um, reduces this negative ions that comes from the Earth that neutralizes. We are full of radiation all day long. Now we get radiation from the sun and I'll speak about that in a second as well. But um, we need to neutralize and um, and calm the body down again. So by earthing, it's a it's a fantastic way to calm the body down, uh, reduce stress, reduce inflammation. There's, there's actually some documentaries on YouTube. Um, the earthing movie is one of them, and there's another one called I think it's called the grounding something or other. But there's just two really good documentary move, movies on YouTube that speak in depth about earthing and grounding, and why it's so important for health. Yeah, they're great. I've, I had those on my website. I've just changed my website. So um, thank you for that. It's a reminder to, mm. to put them back on. Because mm. they are very, very useful. There's a short version and there's a longer version. Um, so that will be on discplus.health uh, shortly. Um, melatonin. So we want to have melatonin. Melatonin helps us to sleep. So um, there's a lot of conversation in the, in the world at the moment about melatonin. Should we be taking yeah. melatonin supplements? So melatonin is it's the sleep hormone and melatonin is primarily it's made we have it in the brain and it's also in our gut as well. So it's made in the brain by the pineal gland and it's made from sunshine. So this is why sunshine is super important. And I could talk a lot about this in particular. I think it's, this is there's been new research that are coming out recently. And um, so we, we do know that the sunshine coming in, it hits our eyes but it hits a certain part of our eye. We know that eyes are important for seeing visually so we can see images. And this goes to the back of our brain, the visual part of our brain back here. But the eyes are also, uh, the function of the eyes is also to take in light information. So this light information goes into a different part of the cell, goes down the bottom part of the cell, and it goes into the SCN, the suprachiasmatic nucleus, which is in the hypothalamus. So this is light information. And this is what keeps our bodies synced into our circadian rhythm. And this is what helps produce the melatonin. So we need this light information for the body to know if it's daytime or nighttime and when to produce the melatonin. So melatonin primarily is produced um, and released at nighttime when we're sleeping because this is the main purpose of it. And we also do a lot of the healing repairing at nighttime as well, which that is involved in as well. And I'll talk a little bit about that later. But the sunshine coming in, it hits the, um, the suprachiasmatic nucleus, as I said, and the pineal gland makes melatonin uh, in the brain. Now, this is a circuitry type of melatonin, but we also know that melatonin is available in our gut up to four times, 400 times more available in the gut. So melatonin, while it is important for sleep, is also now known, it is a highly super antioxidant. It's actually um, thought that it is more superior than glutathione, which we know is a, is a very good um, super duper antioxidant. And we need the antioxidants in our body because 
we're consuming oxygen, uh, we're consuming toxins in our body, whether it's through food or air or water source or whatever, or EMFs work. And we, all, and we also have it as a byproduct. We have toxins in our body as a byproduct from all the cellular activity. So we need the antioxidants to ground and mop up all these scavengers, there, there are free radicals, scavengers, um, melatonin, and it can go around and it can mop up all these um, toxins in our body, which is super important because we have to take the garbage out, if you like, for all our cells to work optimally. So the other thing, the other side of melatonin, which is really more recent, is with the sunshine. So we need sunshine to make our serotonin, which makes our melatonin, okay? Um, but we also need... Um, the infrared part of the sunshine. That actually penetrates right down into our cells, down to a cellular level during the daytime. So we actually have this melatonin antioxidant supply available during the daytime, which serves the purpose of these antioxidants because we have antioxidants or we have toxins going around our body all the time. Um, even at nighttime, most of our healing repairing and all this cleaning up is done at nighttime. But what about during the daytime? So this infrared from the sunshine can penetrate right down into the cell, right down into our mitochondria cells. Um, and the mitochondria is, every single cell in our body has mitochondria. And the mitochondria are the powerhouses of our cells. And this is what gives us energy. And it is taught that if our mitochondria are dysfunctional in any way, then this is going to have a knock-on effect in nearly every process in our body. So the mitochondria, um, is really important that this is well and it's working well and working optimally. So the melatonin, there is melatonin inside every single cell and this is made available through the infrared light from our sunshine, um, which helps to fight against these um, free radicals, which if they get out of hand can lead to diseases in our body and even cancer. And we spoke earlier, Elaine, and there are studies out there, research that shows melatonin can help um, with cancer and help to um, to uh, avoid or um, reduce the possibilities of cancer for this reason. So is it good to have supplements for melatonin? Sorry, yeah, so the supplements, so the supplements, you did ask me that. So supplements, a lot of people take melatonin as supplements. So in Europe, we need to get it on prescription. I think, do you need it in prescription in the UK as well? I think you do. Uh, yes, the UK, uh, yeah, melatonin is not something because it works and, and you, you'll find this quite often if you need to get something on prescription, um, it's because the doctors want to give you a drug instead of giving you something like melatonin or you will have something that's a, a synthesized version. Um, yeah. As we know, it's all a question of follow the money. Yeah. But, um, generally speaking, melatonin is available, but it's sort of under the counter. Yeah, because I know in America, you can get it over the counter in America, you don't have to have it on prescription. So yeah, so melatonin is a hormone. So in my opinion, now I'm, I'm not a doctor, but in my opinion, um, we need to watch how much melatonin we're taking or if, if it's just a once off. A lot of people take melatonin um, for jet lag or a lot of air hostesses take melatonin supplements to help with their circadian rhythm because it helps get them back in sync with their circadian rhythm. That's really good for that. However, it's a different story if we're taking it continuously. Um, so I don't know, there is, there is studies out there to say if you, can take, if you take too much, you can have adverse effects like everything else. So we need to be mindful of that. And it is a hormone and it is a powerful uh, hormone. And Dr. Michael Bruce, um, the sleep doctor in America, he says that 
ideally we should be taking between 0.5 milligrams and one milligram of uh, melatonin. And anything more than that can, it can have an adverse effect on, um, on, our, on our reproductive system even, it can dampen that down. Um, so he, that's what he says. Um, and there, there's a lot of young kids, parents give their kids melatonin to help them sleep at nighttime, but it could be an anxiety issue um, melatonin is good for many, many different things, but that's just something he speaks about as well. I don't know too much about that area, but there has been a lot of studies that show um, melatonin can help with the cancer as well. So taking that in supplement form, um, but I'm sure, you know, people would, would um, do that alongside their doctor as well. Yeah, I've got experience with high dose melatonin, um, but only in the cancer arena. Um, and it's, it's very, very, um, highly thought of um for that arena yeah. i don't know too much about it for sleep which is obviously why while they're talking um yeah you mentioned antioxidants quite a lot um can you just simplify what an what, what you mean by antioxidants and free radicals yeah brilliant so we have toxins in our environment everywhere so toxins is basically the body it's something, basically a toxin is anything that can interfere with our body's um, ability to perform optimally, basically. Um, so toxins can be in the form of, um, in our foods. Uh, so our foods are sprayed with pesticides, herbicides, and they're not good for our body. Um, uh, in, in the form of air, we've got a lot of air pollution um, in our water. Um, and actually, there's been a lot of uh, illnesses in relation to air pollution. Our indoor air quality is a lot worse than our outdoor air quality. Um, and that's a whole other conversation. Our water is another, another one as well. Um, so we've got all sorts of crap in our water system at the moment. Fluoride is a very big concern at the moment. Um, lead, even microplastics, um, antibiotics, all sorts of stuff. So it's highly advisable to use um, a water filtration system as well, a really good water filtration system. So toxins come into our body from our external environment in many ways, including EMF as well. But we also um, can have toxins as a byproduct. So when our cells are uh, working away, doing what they do, they produce a byproduct, which is a toxin. And for most, the most part, our body is able to clear that up and, you know, um, take it away. And it uses um, antioxidants to do this whole process. And there's loads of different types of antioxidants. We mainly get them through our vegetables. Um, uh, so taking a good supply of green vegetable, all the color, the colors of the rainbow foods, vegetables, um, there's lots of antioxidants in our foods that can help with these toxins. Toxins, what happens is it basically breaks away electrons from our uh, molecules inside our body without getting too technical. And these electrons fly around our body and they damage all our cells. So the, the antioxidants come along and mop all of them up. They're free uh, radicals. They're basically free and they fly around the place and they can damage our tissues and cells basically. So the antioxidants or free radical scavengers, um, they can be mopped up uh, with all our antioxidants. And melatonin is known to be a very big antioxidant. Glutathione is another one as well. Um, resveratrol, there's lots of them um, that we can get in our foods as well. Um, but our, and this is why 
deep sleep at nighttime is where most of all of this uh, antioxidant work is done mostly at nighttime uh, while we're sleeping. This is why it's really, really important to get really good deep sleep. And especially in the brain as well, it's been shown that the brain has, um, it can produce these beta amyloids, these plaques in the brain as well. And if we don't sleep well, get our deep sleep, um, these can grow and the, the beta amyloids, these are toxins in the brain and these can uh, eventually lead to Alzheimer's. It's been shown um, as well that that can lead to well, patients with Alzheimer's have clusters of these uh, beta amyloids, these tau proteins in the brain, which, which, um, which are associated with Alzheimer's. So even in the brain and the body, these toxins, if they build up, um, it can lead to disease uh, eventually. It can take 10, 15 years, but it does happen. So this is why, even without symptoms, this is why we really need to uh, always give our body the right supply of antioxidants so that it can mop up all these toxins in our body. Uh, but it's really providing our body with the right um, ingredients, if you like, um, the right minerals, um, you know, magnesium, potassium, sodium. We, we do need those for all the cellular exchange, for all the cell communication. So really right down to the cellular level again, we need to allow our cells to work optimally. And this is why I'm saying about the mitochondria in the cells as well, if that can work optimally from a cellular level, because our body has an innate ability to heal and it knows what it needs to do. So we just need to, that's all we need to do, Elaine, just provide our body with the right ingredients and the right amount of sleep and all that kind of thing. And then we, our bodies will be happy and healthy. Exactly. <laughs> Sounds that's simple, what, but <laughs> exactly. that's what I say to people. It's really not rocket science. All we have to do is give our body what it needs. And of course, there isn't any one size fits all. This is the difficulty. So I, I throw my hands up in the horror when I hear about people saying, oh, take this supplement, take that supplement. Everybody's different. Um, yeah. So I provide a, a laboratory testing uh, for blood and for minerals um, so that people can then see what their body actually needs. We can then provide that. Um, in terms of the dietary advice, nutrition advice, and um, every single client that I test through the blood shows a high level of antioxidant damage. Um, wow. they're, they're really, some of them are, um, it, it, when you see the pictures, it's really a wake up call because our, our blood should be close together with, um, on, on, under the microscope, it looks like there's kind of black lines connecting all of the blood cells, which is called fibrin. Um, when that breaks down, that then separates the blood cells, which gives white space on, on the pictures that we see through the microscope. And that white space is antioxidative stress. And the more white space there is, the greater the, the oxidative stress and the more likelihood is, if nothing is done, the, the client could end up going towards cancer. Now, obviously, I'm, I'm not a doctor, I'm, I'm highly trained and I'm a nutritionist and so on, but I'm not a doctor. Mm. So I can't mm. say, and, and these tools are not diagnostic in any, any nature, but they're a very good indicator. And they're yeah. showing the root cause, they're showing what's actually going on in the body. Whereas if you go to the doctor and the medics, all they're doing is dealing with your symptoms. You tell them you feel this way, that way, this hurts, that hurts. And then they'll do tests based on that or whatever they find on Dr. Google themselves. You see them there, you know, Googling it. Oh. So, yeah, so, and um, their ranges are very broad as well, Elaine. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had several clients who've been sent home by the doctor with a bunch of prescriptions, not knowing what they've got wrong with them, but they've Shocking. been told 
um, they can't find anything. There's nothing wrong with you, but try these prescriptions. One lady had seven prescriptions and she had the sense to, to contact me. Within three weeks, we've got to the root cause of what was wrong with her. And uh, she's now helping this kitten away. Um, it's amazing. Client recently was on heavily medicated for um, vasculitis. Um, in fact, I've had a few, a few of those cases. And within a, within a week or two of them taking some of the recommendations that I make based upon their body, what their body's showing, they're, they're, they're different people. And their medication, you know, they, they're less reliant on their medication and, and many of them will, will come off altogether. So it's really important to know what your body uh, needs. And the only way to do that, in my view, is to test it. Absolutely. So yeah. Um, I'd be interested in talking to you later, actually, Elaine, about getting that done myself. Right. OK. Yeah. Um, you mentioned um, the sun a few times. Um, what's your view on the sunblocks that, that uh, we're told that we should be using? Oh, God, I'm, I'm so glad. Yeah, it's coming into the summer now, Elaine, and it's 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 a very important topic. Um, I, I'm not a fan of the, the, the sun creams myself. Um, I, I make my own sun creams and I haven't made any in a while, actually. Um, but the sun creams are highly toxic. And our skin absorbs up to 60% of what we put on our skin, depending on how old you are or whatever and the permeability of your skin. But our point is our skin absorbs uh, whatever is put on it. Um, sun creams are highly, highly toxic and um, they can cause more problems in the long run. I've seen kids going out. Um, my, my own daughter, bless her, she went fishing last week and she was down in Wexford. I wasn't with her and I was told... Uh, my mom said, oh, yeah, I put the sunblock on her all over her face before she went out the door. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she, like you'd be nearly eating the stuff, you know, because with your sweat and it rolls down into and into your mucous membranes, and your eyes and everything. Um, but the point, I don't like sun creams for that reason. It's toxic, but it also blocks the sun um, uh, hitting your skin. The, the sun needs to hit our skin and it works together with cholesterol on our skin to and this is why we do need cholesterol as well there's a lot of hype about cholesterol but it mixes with that based on i'm saying a simplified version of it but it makes vitamin d3 and um, so we need vitamin d3 for our immune system and we actually need vitamin d for sleep as well believe it or not there are uh, d vitamin d receptors in our brain cells and the sleep centers so it's involved in that process as well vitamin d uh, so many people are deficient in uh, vitamin d and uh, we don't get an awful lot of sunshine here in Ireland or in England. We, you know, we don't get, we're a bit away from the equator. Um, and this is why an awful lot of us see the SAD, that seasonal affective disorder in the wintertime. But the sunshine, we absolutely need sunshine for our mood. Um, again, that light information comes into the eyes um, telling us, you know, what part of the day it is, but also um, our vitamin D and it's also involved in our mood pretty much as well. There's lots of science about that as well, the sunshine and the vitamin D. So, um, so yeah, and, and then the infrared from the sun, um, as I said as well, it helps to produce melatonin during the daytime in our cells. This is on the set in, in, the, in, the, in the whole gut area as well. So the pineal gland works separately. There, it provides melatonin in the brain, but we do need from the infrared from the sun as well. We do, um, and we're blocking all of that with the sunshine or with the sunblocks rather we're blocking all of, all of that with the with the sunblocks so and um, now it is not a good idea to sit in direct hot hot sunshine you will get burnt that is not healthy either so use your common sense and um, ideally if we can go out and get sunshine for 
say on a fairly average day, um, 10 minutes if it's good sunshine, if it's kind of cloudy, maybe 20 minutes, a half an hour, sit outside first thing in the morning, this will reset your circadian rhythm and um, give you the right amounts of vitamin D that you need. Um, obviously, if it's hot, hot sunshine, you need to protect yourself. I, I remember I went to Spain and I actually walked around with an umbrella over me with the, with the hot sunshine um, rather than putting sun cream on me. Um, the sun, you know, the sunlight information will bounce off the, the, the grass and the sand and, and hit your eyes. So it'll work on that level. So in case you're worried about totally blocking it, um, but, it, but you don't want it directly on your skin, Elaine, because that will burn your skin. And then we've all sorts of skin cancers and everything else from, from sunburn. So, yeah, we just need to use a bit of caution, have a bit of common sense, but not go overboard with, oh, my God, you know, um, sun cream and what have you. So that's what happens, though, isn't it? People get panicked. You get a, 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 a media, uh, often a fake thing or extremely exaggerated article comes out and then mm -hmm. start panicking. Um, you mentioned making your own sun cream. What, what do you use? Coconut oil, shea butter, they have natural SPFs in them. Um, now, obviously, uh, it's a reduced um, zinc oxide is something else that you can put into. Um, there was something else I used. God, I can't remember the ingredients now. But those uh, natural butters do contain uh, some amount of uh, SPF, which is a natural um, uh, sun barrier. You know, if it's too much sun, it protects against the UV. The UV light can be, um, if there's too much, that's another thing you can do is check the UV levels of the day as well. That's something else that you can do. But yeah, um, coconut oil, shea butter and zinc oxide, they're the three main ingredients that I can I can recall that I use. Right. Just I'm whisk, probably... whisk them all up. <laughs> right. OK, I don't even bother going to those links. I just use neat coconut oil. Um, and yeah. Listeners watch. Well, watch, listeners can't see me, but watchers can and see me on YouTube. But there I'm you go. dressed in next to nothing because that's because I'm in the Algarve and it's the height of the summer. Or, or it's mm. the height of the summer. It's very hot. It's about 35 here. Um, yeah. Wow. It's, it's um, early in the day. So um, yeah, I use um, coconut oil, um, but I don't use lots of it. And I'm and I'm sensible. I just don't go out. You know, we do we do the work in the garden in the morning and in the evening and then during the yeah. day. Um, we're in the shade wherever wherever we go mostly you won't see um, uh, native people who live in the hot countries sitting out in the sun um, absolutely yeah and wear the hat because the face needs to be protected it's, it's the skin is thinner on the face yeah. um, but you're still getting the light information from the reflection on the sand or the grass or whatever you know that you're getting that too um, and then your arms and your legs have them exposed. They're not as sensitive as your face, obviously. But again, if it's intense hot, you don't want to be burning. So no, no common sense. Um, the, you mentioned the pineal gland, um, and that's something I often talk about because so many people are walking around with brain fog, and they put it down to all kinds of things, including not having a good night's sleep, which obviously is one factor. Um, but brain fog can be caused by all kinds of things, but primarily it's the pineal gland being calcified. Um, yeah. which can come from water, as you've mentioned, all the nasties in the water, our food, our toxins and so on. Um, so I recommend uh, a daily um, drops, which I take at night and morning. Um, so I'm continually detoxing and um, then during the day, giving myself really good nutrition and I eat between 12 and 8 typically. I'm not, you know, amiable about it, but just roughly. Um, so I give my body a chance to recover overnight sort itself out in the morning, kickstart it with warm water, hot lemon with some sea salt. Um, yeah. 
the fact the fasting actually the fasting is a very uh, good way to help the body with the antioxidants as well and to clean up and repair because we're in a, a totally different state when we're fasting um and the body can and, and actually i encourage people you know when people talk about fasting they're like oh god no but we actually fast every single day at night time mm-hmm. um but uh you know i encourage people to do at least 12 hours of fasting if not 14 or 16 if you can push it that far obviously um you know if you've any health problems or whatever but most people we can do at least 12 hours and we were actually designed that way thousands of years ago when we lived in the caves we, we didn't eat at night time so our body has evolved with this fasting window um, and it's done on purpose as well to help our bodies to um, to heal and restore itself as well because it's in that repair state as we're fasting. So lots of great signs. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that as well. Fasting is a very uh, super important way to uh, help with the antioxidants as well. Marvellous. So we're careful what we eat, careful what we put on our body, careful what we think because our thoughts and the stress that we put on ourselves is a major factor as well in not sleeping, isn't it, with the anxiety that it leads to. And yeah absolutely and there's just um i'm actually writing a paper at the moment well a, a blog article on sleep anxiety um so we've heard you know anxiety is is one of the um reasons why many people don't weep so many distractions the mobile phones all that sort of thing and then when we hit our head on the pillow we're just alone with our thoughts if you like at night time so the anxiety pops up but then that can also turn into a sleep anxiety the fear of not being able to sleep so before you've even hit gone up to your bedroom you're having anxiety already so that's a sleep anxiety so that's another one as well so yeah anxiety is, is a big one i heard of somebody recently that had sleep anxiety but in a slightly different way they were frightened to go to sleep in case they didn't wake up yeah so that's another thing to pop into your blog um it's very that's very good because um a lot of people die in their sleep and it's taught that you know our blood pressure when our blood pressure starts to rise in the early morning, this is the time when most people have heart attacks because the blood pressure starts to rise again um, and it triggers a heart attack. Um, so yeah, I, that's definitely a good point, Elaine, actually. Yeah, I'll, I'll have a look at that. I used to have, um, I used to run cardiovascular health clinics uh, years ago when I was in the UK and um, many people would uh, talk about uh, why they were on medication and it was because they had nocturnal hypertension and um, you know, we then worked with them on diet and lifestyle and so on and so forth. Yeah. And they all came off of their medication and went on a natural supplement to help them until they were able to stand alone with it, with their food choices. Um, so there's, there's ways around, there's answers to all of this, isn't there? Yeah, and but you're right though, the thoughts, what we tell ourselves, um, because we create we create anxiety and, and, and our body thinks it's real. We create this fear and um which which doesn't help with our blood pressure and our heart rate and all that sort of thing as well and cortisol cortisol is the stress hormone as we know but yeah our thoughts play a huge role in 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 all of this as well yeah absolutely so um we've nattered on quite a bit now we've got through got through a lot is there anything else that um you want to say that we haven't already covered um just you know just there's nothing there's nothing that we we can't completely eliminate all these toxins in our environment and then don't forget we have the biological uh, toxins that are produced as byproducts as well so do what you can to reduce and just be aware um and you know i think we just need to take it in our own power you know to not use the mobile phone so much put it on flight mode even during the daytime if you're driving in the car you're not going to be using your or well, some people might use it on business or whatever but for a lot of people you can't afford to put it onto flight mode 
um, in, in the car. Just look, we've Bluetooth and everything in the cars. We, we can't get away from it. So reduce and just be aware of where it is. And even the headphones, a lot of people around jogging, maybe invest in a pair of those headphones that um, they're called RF. Um, there are headphones that you can use that reduce uh, the, the radio frequency and the, the EMFs as well. So just do what you can to reduce all and be aware and be responsible for your own health and your family's health as well. So that's really, that's really what I can say. And um, yeah, it will definitely help to help you to sleep better at nighttime as well, which again, goes back to all the healing and repairing and your brain cognition and your relationships, everything, it just impacts everything in your life. So yeah, it's so great to talk to you Elaine about this topic. It is definitely one that needs more awareness of and a, a lot that people can do themselves. So that's really my message. It's been fabulous uh, hear, hearing your, um views and your expertise and um, thanks for sharing Joanne and so how can people contact you yeah so they can go to my website joannecallahan.com j-o-h-a-n-n or you can just google search me and you'll you'll see me popping up all over google <laughs> yeah, Joanne Callahan, the sleep success coach thank you so much for your time today thanks Elaine